Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. and welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and this is episode 43. In today's episode, you're going to meet my new friend, Sandeep, who is an author currently living in Australia, but as you'll hear, has lived all over. Um, To clear up a little potential point of confusion, you're going to hear me say during our interview that we're melting here. It's so hot. So I actually spoke with Sandeep a few months back. I want to say around July or August. And here in New England, we were having a pretty severe heat wave. Um, It was very hot. And in Australia, obviously, they were in the middle of their winter. Well, now how the tables have turned, because as I sit here tonight, It's been snowing all day in New England, uh, whereas Sandeep is over there in Australia getting ready for summer. So (laughs) in case you hear me say that and you're like, how is she melting in Connecticut in December? I'm not. Don't worry. You're not going crazy. It's me. It's not you. (laughs) Also, before we jump in, this week we have a bonus episode over on YouTube that went up last night. Um, In addition to the story that Sandeep shares with us today in Turkey, he also had a bonus story for us about another trip that he took to another country. So I'm going to throw that up over on YouTube. I encourage you to head over there. Um, I did leave my reaction to the story into this episode, so maybe that will entice you to head on over and check out the rest of it for yourself. So I don't want to waste any more of your precious time. I appreciate you joining me every week and meeting these incredible people and hearing these incredible stories and traveling vicariously with me through my guests all over the world, and today is no exception. So please join me in welcoming this week's guest. Sandeep, welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Now, before we jump in, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us a little about your background? Great. Um, My name is Sandeep Adnani. I am settled in Melbourne. Uh, I'm a multi-genre author, um, written four books, published three, and currently working on the fifth one, which is going really well. And I'm a mental health counselor as well. And um, I used to be a marketing man, and it seems like another life, though it wasn't too long ago. (laughs) And uh, it's it's been great. It's I moved to Australia five years ago, and it's been great. I'm enjoying my winter while the rest of the world is 
um, fighting the heat. <laughs> we, we are melting over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm it's enjoying. not pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying the single digits uh, better here. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Where were you prior to settling in Australia? So I've lived uh, in four countries. This is the fourth one. So I was, wow. yeah. So I was brought up in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. And then for university, I went to London. I was in uh, London for four years and came back to Dubai. Had My career began in Dubai and then it progressed to Mumbai and in India. I was there for seven years. And then wow. I moved to yeah, and I've moved to Australia. It's been five years. So it's everybody keeps asking where next, what next? And I said, I don't know, but definitely it's not <laughs> going to it's not going to be here forever. I'm going to move somewhere. I know that. Yeah, you think so? This is home so. for you long term. Uh, I think I think the way life has evolved now. I think um, home is uh, different places and different people rather than just one place. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to be probably one of my bases, but not the only base. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Now, you've done a lot of traveling. When do you feel like you were first bitten by that travel bug? Yeah. You know, in, in India, we have a saying that you have, um, you have uh, what do you call something in your feet? Uh, the word they call is chakar. Chakar is like something, you know, your, your feet are always twirling. You're, you're always traveling. You're <laughs> like always, itchy feet. <laughs> itchy feet. You're always ready to get on a plane. So I think, I think um, I, we traveled a lot when I was a kid, but it wasn't to different places, but we traveled quite consistently. But I think after university, um, I, I, when I started working, I think uh, the travel bug bit me and I was, uh, any opportunity I got, any long leave I got, I was out. Mm. And, um, so I think in my twenties, you could say that the travel bug bit me and I'm 44 now. So I've traveled quite a bit. And I enjoyed so young, so much <laughs> traveling still to do. So much traveling still to do indeed. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. What drew you to London for school? Um, it was quite a simple decision, actually. Uh, I'm talking 1997. So it was quite a while back. Um, <laughs> so back in the day uh, when you had to apply to you know colleges and uh, uh, universities in the U.S. or Canada, you had to fill out um, individual forms. And uh, it was a whole big process, you know, with every form. And right. with the and with the UK, I think they still have it. Uh, it's one form, uh, which goes to six universities or colleges. And oh. it's, yeah, it's one form, one application fee and one statement and boom, it's done. So it was a very straightforward um, uh, process. And I had been to the US uh, when I was 10 years old and 15 years old, uh, but I had also been to the UK and somehow um, because the UK was smaller, it was it was uh, more appealing because, you know, with the with the US, it's so large and it's it can be quite daunting. So, right. yeah, so and I studied in a British um, system, so it was easier to, you know, just move. Yeah, that, that sounds like it would be a simpler transition, less of a culture shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, great. 
Yeah. So you have a pretty cool story to tell us. Where are you taking us today? I am taking you to um, 11 or 12 million year old cave formations in Cappadocia or Cappadocia, whatever you call it, <laughs> in, in Turkey. And it's one of those things that uh, people may have seen. It's one of the most photographed um, sites in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, the friends I was with said that, oh, I had seen a picture of this ever since I was little. I didn't even know what it was. Forget where it was. Right. So if you can imagine um, rocks that have been eroded over time, which have very distinct shapes. Um, and uh, you have this beautiful mountain in the back. And if you just look at the mountain for a second, you could confuse it with Mount Fuji, another place I've been to, which is brilliant. And the sun is shining and there are 50 or 60 or maybe more balloons in the sky, hot air balloons, wow. which, which are moving like a wave. So if you can imagine uh, a wave starting and ending at a point, imagine the balloons going on the terrain at the same in the same formation. It is very difficult to describe. Yeah. But when you're there, you feel like, oh my God, we're going to bump into this other balloon. Oh my God, we're too, <laughs> we're too close to these balloons. But everybody's moving and there's enough space. And... Uh, the views are, I mean, I have done hot air ballooning in Dubai. I've done it in Melbourne. But, wow. there's, but there's nothing like this place because A, because of the formations and B, because of the topography of this place, the way the tiny um, city is built. Um, I don't know if you know much about Cappadocia, but they have cave hotels. So the hotels are inside the caves. Wow. <laughs> which are built uh, naturally out of this rock. So you just hollowed out a room or hollowed out a reception area. And uh, the views are just stunning. I mean, it's another world altogether. Very simple, uh, very sweet people, very kind people. Uh, We had had people, um, you know, the hotel would call us a taxi and the taxi wouldn't take any money. When you would give them money, they would be like, "Why are you giving us money? It's okay. We know the <laughs> hotel. We know the hotel owner. It's just, a, it's just he's a friend, and a, it's just a, you know very unworldly. Wow! And amazing bread, amazing food, really, really nice. Um, so that's amazing. So we got very lucky actually. Um, when we had planned our trip to Cappadocia. It was at the end of our um, 10 days in Turkey. Mm. Some some people, uh, there were a lot of other people in Turkey at the same time who we knew. And some people went before us. And you will not believe there was a freak sandstorm that hit Cappadocia. Oh. And uh, for, f- for four days. So imagine people staying in hotels, waiting for the balloons to, you know, become airborne but the balloons they had cancelled all the balloons people who had gone for two days extended their trip for two further days and they said sorry the balloons aren't flying and the and the day we reached crystal clear weather 
and it was it was cold it was really cold uh, it was wintry conditions when we visited in april mm. and uh, yeah all the balloons were there the party <laughs> and wow. uh, it was really stunning really stunning wow that's very lucky yeah now you mentioned that you have done hot air balloon yes. experiences in the past yes what is it about this experience that you're drawn to what's it like i'm afraid of heights so you got to walk me through this <laughs> so so pretty much the same boat kelly uh but imagine um a six foot six man like myself <laughs> I, I feel like i feel i'm going to fall out of the balloon any moment oh my gosh so my deal is that um whichever friend i'm with i stand behind them so i don't stand at the edge of the basket right <laughs> and, so they go first yeah, so they're always facing. They're always facing out. They're on the edge, and uh, I think the first time when I did it, it was more of a way to face my fears mm. and and to see the desert from that kind of angle. And uh, wow. it was stunning. I mean, again, it it was like it was like a sea of sand. You're just surrounded by endless yeah. endless sand dunes. Really stunning views, and. Uh, the second time was like a gift to myself. Uh, it was my it was on my birthday that I took the flight in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and it was more city views. But you did have we did have views of the the vineyards and the Yarra Valley, so that was really wow. nice. And uh, but the thing the, the the notable difference between landing in the sand, which is which is uh, soft and which is plentiful in the desert. Right. Uh, um, pilots in Melbourne are trained to land anywhere and in any size of landing. So imagine we have, and it's all upon the wind, right? It's all upon where the wind takes you. Right, right. So, so imagine we have landed in a tiny, tiny um, basketball court, you could say, of a school. Whoa! I mean, we have literally brushed trees, and we have literally skirted buildings, and we have landed, boom, in the middle of the playground. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, the, the and because the you know there's always a a truck following each balloon right on the ground because they want to reach you where you've got you know where you've landed and the help you know with the folding of the balloon, et cetera, sure. and, the de- and the deflating. But because of the way we landed and the position we landed in, we were the ones helping the pilot fold the balloon, oh, et cetera. Funny. And it was quite a, quite a stiff landing because it's not soft, it's not grass or, or, or sand. Sure. Um, but this one in Cappadocia, these pilots are, are so experienced that they landed the balloon on the truck oh. <laughs> on on the landing on the landing on the landing thing the little tiny strip the six what? yeah the eight by eight feet strip on the truck because oh there i am there i am bracing and there has a there's a brace position for landing and my friends are like he hasn't set to brace he hasn't set to brace he's like <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm freaking out. And then, boom, we land on the truck and I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and they're like, okay, you just have to hop out now. <laughs> so, 
So three very different landings. But yeah, it was a way of um, facing your fears. And uh, the the, the thing you have to remember, Kelly, is that when you're up there, you move with the wind. So you don't move. Like you're not, you're not jolted. You're not, you don't feel the wind because the wind is moving you. Yeah. So it's not as um, scary. You don't feel as out of control. Right. And uh, the pilot is there. He's, you know, he or she is telling you what's going on. And uh, it's fun. It's it's something you should try. And um, yeah, the trick is get somebody in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I will yeah. keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. what brought you to Turkey in the first place? Like, what was it about this country that you were like, let's go spend 10 days there? Okay, so um, I had been to Turkey uh, in 2008 with friends. It was a very different Turkey then. Um, mm. You wouldn't know the difference if you were in Turkey or some European city then. Um, but wow. the lands, but the landscape has changed, and uh, but it was uh, as beautiful as ever. And mm. uh, as you know, Indians are known for throwing um, big weddings, destination weddings. Right. So it was actually my niece's wedding <laughs> in oh, fun. in Antalya, which is another um, city in um, Turkey, which is known for its really big hotels which can house all the guests etc so so that was the plan of action that the first four days were at the wedding it was a four-day wedding and then it was six days of travel so i stayed a further two days in antalya to see the ruins and to you know do the sightseeing there and then uh flew to istanbul to see the usual you know the 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 mosque and the Hagia Sophia and the Bosphorus and uh, have the amazing traditional the royal hammam experience and then you the last two days were in um, Cappadocia wow so so post-covid you know uh, planning a 10-day trip was uh, i was you know like anxiety you know <laughs> yeah of course like and, like everybody <laughs> yeah and you're like you're just hoping that everything goes as planned and you know all the flights yeah. take off and nobody falls sick etc cetera, etc cetera. but right. everything went off everything went off well so it was good wow that's great that sounds like an incredible trip it was it was 10 days of non-stop fun so it was really nice oh great and you're with your family so what could be better yeah Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Do you know how many countries you've visited? Um, not sure, Lifetime. but but I'm <laughs> guessing. But I'm guessing. I you know there was a. I don't know if you remember on Facebook there used to be this thing. Um, there used to be this. You could choose all the countries you had been to, and they they would pin it up on your profile. This was way back when, and oh, I man. think you're, you're going way back, <laughs> way back, way back. So I think that's so that's gone. Um, I I don't think that exists exists anymore. But I'm <laughs> guessing more than thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing more than thirty. That's impressive. Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite? Um. 
Uh, UK definitely is one of the favorites. I, mm. you know, you know, I'm, I guess I'm biased because I lived there for four years, but I love, sure. I love the the small, you know, the small lanes and the small houses and yeah. and the castles and the churches. So yeah, sure, yeah. And I know you had a a little bit of a scary experience on a trip um, in Africa. Yes. And if you want to hear this story, don't forget to head on over to YouTube. I'm going to put a link in the episode show notes so you can just click on over there when you're done or pause here and head over and then come back. And then my reaction is going to make so much sense to you. Um, So we'll take a quick break if you want to pause and do that and then come back and then we'll pick up right where we left off. In the meantime, just a quick word from our sponsor. And by our sponsor, I mean me. It's me. I'm the sponsor. Was that unclear? (laughs) The Had to Be There podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started. Wow. Now, given what happened to you, (laughs) or what almost happened to you, would you do that again? For sure, for sure. Really? Uh, but, but this time, again, I wouldn't sit at the window. <laughs> right, you need a buffer friend. You got to keep I'll, that yeah, buffer friend. Yeah, yeah. So I'll keep people on each side, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about the Exiled Rogue series. Okay, so the Exiled Rogue series is a trilogy. A metaphysical trilogy, which has uh, done really well. Um, it has won a lot of awards and been shortlisted for awards, and it's uh, been an Amazon number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows the lives of six characters, and it spans 120 years. Wow! Yeah, and the characters at at each at one point in each character's life, they were looking for, they, they were going through an existential crisis mm-hmm. and somehow they all end up helping each other uh, in life and in death and beyond. So it's one of those um, mm-hmm. genres where you you really are given a sense of what what happens after we leave Earth and why did we come to Earth and what's planned next? And um, I wrote the first book in 2019 and I had not planned on writing a trilogy then because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to write a book for a very long time and I've been writing and blogging for a, for a long time. But, you know, writing a book is not something that just happens very easily or overnight. Sure. But once I was able to do the first one and everything went fine and at the launch, very spontaneously. And I said, this is going to be a trilogy. And everybody looks at me, they're like, what? I said, yeah, this is going to be a trilogy. Yep, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and 
lo and behold, uh, we have this wonderful thing that hit all of us at the same time. And boom, uh, I wrote wow. two two books back to back. And Amazing. In four, in three months, I think I'd written two books or four months, I'd written two books. <laughs> and I yeah. talked to somebody um, for an episode a while back who said that the pandemic was probably one of the best things to happen to writers because yeah. Yeah. You, you had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were literally forced inward. Like it was unbelievable. But um, yeah. so since then, I mean, that book is out and done. And, and then I, I released an omnibus version in February with the audio book, et cetera. So that that chapter is beautifully complete. Um, I finished writing a sci-fi romance last year. Um, wow. that, that's in a proofreading stage now. And I'm pitching it to publishers as we speak. And uh, I'm currently working on a mystery novel. Ooh. Ooh. So that should be fun. <laughs> that should be fun. Again, I don't think that'll take long. I'm hoping to get it done by next month. Wow. And that's then, great. You're and a busy then, guy. Yes. Yes. Running a mental <laughs> health practice and writing and blogging. Right. And so, yeah. And traveling. No big and deal. Tra and traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Sandeep, what is currently at the top? of your travel bucket list okay so um it's cool that you ask one of the, one of the things that's on the bucket list is something that i'm visiting in two weeks so which is the uluru which is the airs rock in australia and in, in the place called Ooh. uluru in the place called uluru now that's something i've been wanting to do since uh 2008 since um a very long time wow. I, and i moved five years ago but you know, it's 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 a tricky thing to plan because um, things get sold out there like months in advance, and there's very sure. very very few hotels there, and you can only go in the winter, which is the which is why I'm going now. But mm -hmm. this time I said, okay, nothing doing. I have to go and booked it in time and got all the tours and everything done. So I fly on the 19th um, for two nights, and uh, it's something that I've always wanted to see. There's so much, you know spiritualism and so much meaning mm. for the rock especially for the indigenous community so another another thing on my bucket list which is also in australia is called wit sundays which mm -hmm. has uh, probably the most white sand um in australia for sure but maybe in the world as well wow. so much so much so that they make you wash your feet before you leave the island, that no sand should travel with you. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So it's a really... Oh, they're really, serious about their sand over there. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> especially because it's a protected, um, you know, heritage, whatever thing. Wow. So, so that's one of the things. And uh, another bucket list is, I mean, it, it used to be the northern lights but now i mm. also have the choice of the southern lights which are not too far away i can oh, see them yeah. i can see them from tasmania or from new zealand so but yeah some kind of northern or southern lights that's also one of the bucket list things mm, those are good items yeah yeah and i think that traveling to the wit sundays makes you like an official aussie yes because that's mm. where i'm told the locals go for holiday. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so now you're really like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. 
Sandeep, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and share some of these incredible stories. Thank if you, anybody Kelly. wants to connect with you or learn more about your books, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have an author page on Facebook. Uh, or you can just click on my website, which is uh, the Exiled Rogue Series uh, .wordpress.com. Um, but yeah, just look for Sandeep Adnani and you should find me. Perfect. I will include links to all of the things in the episode show notes so people can easily reach you. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate you, so you taking the time. I know it's early for you over there. Oh, not too <laughs> so, early. Not too so early. So I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> it very much. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Likewise, Kelly. Take care and all the best. You as well. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own had to be there memories.